0: What's up, sports fans? My name is Lucas Weiss, host of the Wee Sports Chronicles podcast. We got a great episode for you today. We have a returning guest. He is Ro Russell. He is the founder of Grassroot Elite and the head basketball coach of Crestwood Preparatory High School in Toronto. In this episode, I chat with Ro about Black History Month and the initiatives that he's doing to teach Black history to not only his players, but people in his school and people across the country uh, participating in basketball through grassroots elite. We have an honest conversation about what Black History Month means to Roe, how the values and principles of Black History Month could continue past February, and we also chat about allyship and the importance of white people in sports and in media to be allies For the black community, not just in February, but all 12 months of the year. So a fantastic conversation with Ro Russell. You're not gonna want to miss it. As always, the We Sports Chronicles podcast is available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. So make sure to like, rate, watch, and subscribe to all three of those channels. Now, without further ado, let's get to today's episode with Ro Russell on the Wii Sports Chronicles podcast. All right, head off the top uh you may know him he's a basketball coach he's one of my favorite guests on the we sports chronicles podcast he is roe russell roe great to have yeah. you all again my man how you doing
1: i'm doing pretty good good to have be on the show again and uh share my thoughts
0: absolutely well well listen it, it's uh Black History Month, and and, and we're doing a lot of different episodes here on the Sports Chronicles podcast to celebrate uh, Black History Month. So I know that we've had you on before, Ro, to share your story, and and you could take this question in any direction possible, but what does Black History Month mean for you?
1: me it's very obviously very important because first of all that's my skin color that's my race that's my culture that that's my est- ethnicity and I, I want them to understand and that for millions for hundreds of years there was no black history month no it was out of the history books out of the school textbooks it wasn't nationally archived it just went by the wayside you know people didn't focus on the the plight that we had to make from that—that that they took us and and brought us in slavery or 500 years ago. All the all the the black um, historical um, uh, efforts and achievements that we made, and um, you know, and also to empower black kids for the future, so that doesn't happen again. And uh, you know, a lot of people don't really understand or know uh, about black Canadian history, both sports world, uh, innovation and, 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 in, and in inventions and, and, and just naturally. So I thought it was a pretty good thing that, you know, first they had Black History Day, then they had Black History Week, and then they had Black, now they have Black History Month. So at least we get a month where we can kind of portray what we've done and what we've been through and where we're going. Uh, so it's pretty important to me and it's important for the next generation to understand, uh, you know, when they look up at that role models and, and, and people that gone through all the craziness they had to go through with all the racism and segregation and everything, they were able to fight through it and become great. So they can also do it. So it's it's very important to me.
0: Well, absolutely. And I think you make a very good point about the importance of black Canadian history, because I know for me, growing up in school, I mean, we we talked about the settlers coming from Europe, predominantly white to Canada. A lot of the focus was on indigenous Aboriginal history. And, And it just felt like for me growing up that I certainly wanted to learn about all types of history, but it was just very focused on one particular avenue. For Canadian history and then I think growing up you see yeah, exactly of, you see a lot of black Canadians black Canadian athletes like Donovan Bailey for example and, and most recently a lot of Canadian basketball players that, that you've worked with RJ Barrett Corey Joseph many many more and I just think it's so important that look we, that we need to talk about them and, and that we need to learn because I just think it makes my job as a storyteller is so much more important that we know the histories so that we can tell uh, better stories.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Like uh, people just don't know. Like yeah. they didn't know that while slaves were brought to America and built the White House and the better part of the of the of the country in the states, um, they brought slaves to H- Halifax to Nova Scotia. And they built most of what we now know as Halifax and North Preston and all that stuff. And, and uh, they assisted with the Underground Railroad and all that stuff. So uh, Canadian Black history is very, very important and, and, uh, and dear to us uh, in regards to development of, of, uh, of, of Canadian history. It's, it is history, but it's like it's pushed to the side. So we're trying to highlight it, trying to celebrate it, trying to acknowledge it. And educate folks about it, because like you said, it, it, it was the emphasis was on the early settlers and the, the historical stuff in terms of the political, the British, the Americans, all that stuff. But there were black folks in War of 1812 yeah. that helped Canada basically beat the, the Americans. So we need to know all that stuff.
0: Absolutely. And and look, Ro, I mean, you're someone that has, for, for, for such a large part of your life, may, you know, given back to the community, you know, giving black people an opportunity through through sports. And, and, and I'm just curious for you, when you were, you know, you're obviously a Crestwood right now, but was there like a bit of, I don't know, resistance, if you will, to sort of you know, talk about Black History Month, because again, like, again, I mean, I've, you know, I'm, I'm a few years removed from the education system. And again, it was very predominantly focused on sort of one avenue. And, and for you, I guess, did you sense that, like, you know, it was a little bit of a barrier to try to talk about Black History Month, or, you know, when you first got into, let's say, you know, basketball or, or whatnot?
1: Yes, definitely. Uh, I was always that guy that was asking those questions, like, what about Black folks? Black folks obviously been around for uh, centuries. Where did they get their start? What's their history? Who are the Black inventors? The the Black politicians? The first Black into the NBA? What's all that information? So I had to. I was that guy that when Google did come eventually come around, that I started to Google stuff and educate myself, and then started to tell my friends tell the players have you know trivia about it and and really educate people about it i'd be part of the black uh history club and the black club and all those things to you know try to bring about change and education on that 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 topic and then when did you
0: i guess experience sort of a shift i mean obviously i know that last year with you know, last summer with, you know, the murder of George Floyd and, and the anti-Black racism protests, it certainly took a real uh, rapid increase in terms of the attention, the rightful attention towards Black history and, and, and issues of anti-Black racism. But when did you start to see a shift that like, okay, these institutions are starting to pay attention to this and like, it's really important that, that, that the rest of society do so?
1: Yeah, um, I'd say about maybe 2010, um, I, I was on, I'm on the board of directors on this uh, Black uh, advocacy, advocacy, um, advocacy um, group called Anchor, and uh, I started to do research, and we started to, you know, get into it, and, and lay claim, and talk about the issues, and, systemic racism and police brutality and all those things. And so I think with 2010 we, that I started to see people um, addressing those issues uh, to start in America, a lot of stuff was happening with uh, police brutality and all those things, but we were still paving the way, still stepping up and still going forward. And it, became, it came to a head obviously last year um, with George Floyd and, and now it's you know something that people have to address and become either allies of it or you know really step up and be you know doing something about it in 1995 jean augustine she was the first black um, politician in canada uh she started that program uh that, that that you know black history month in canada you know and little was done about it from a national uh scale you know and so now it's great that it's come to the forefront of everything now because it's very important it, like we did some stuff you know what i mean like some stuff happens with us and it should be recognized it should be celebrated we're not trying to say we're extra or better but we're saying we matter too you know what i'm saying we our history is part of canadian north american american history so it should be talked about it should be you know celebrated and, and we did some good pretty good things on the sports world, inventions, all those different things. Uh, you know, black folks have done some stuff. So I think that, um, you know, we gotta make something positive come out of George Floyd dying for, to, to people to talk about it and to now, you know, really celebrate it and, and, and make it a, a part of the curriculum and part of society because we're here. You know, we, we got brought here, so we're here now. So let's do something about it.
0: Well, I think you make a really great point because Jalen Rose said something last year that I think really stuck with me. And, and he said, if we love black people like we love black culture, the world will be a better place. Because I think we, you know, look, a lot of, you know, the sports media world, let's just take that world, for example, it's predominantly white. And we're covering predominantly black athletes, especially in yeah. basketball. And yeah. I think we like to celebrate those accomplishments because it's like cool because it's black culture, right? Whether it's basketball, hip hop, music, that's very trendy. But we don't. But then for the other stuff, we sort of then just shu- you know, shuffle back to the side because it's maybe too difficult to talk about. Maybe it's uncomfortable to talk about for some people. So I think you make a really great point that like look, like this needs to be addressed because it is part of Canada. And we can't just yeah. we shouldn't just take advantage of, well, you know, RJ Barrett's great athleticism and not talk about his ancestral roots, right? Or or, or the weekend, for example, just performing the Super Bowl halftime show. Well, he's a great musician, but why? I mean, we should also talk about where his ancestors came from. So I think it's very important to to not only appreciate Black culture, but in order to do that, talk about Black history.
1: They, absolutely, they go hand in hand because um, they're a cornerstone of of America, of Canada, and we need to celebrate it. We need to we, we need to be part of the curriculum, like every school, the same way they have, uh, you know, twentieth century uh, Canadian history, they should have 20th century, uh, you know, Canadian black history. You know what I'm saying? I, I think that that should be part of the curriculum for people to understand it. Cause there's a lot of people, both white and black, that don't even know the history unless they were to actually do research on it. Like I I've done and really say, Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that Elijah McCoy, Canadian black history guy, um, the word the real mccoy derived from him because he was the one that uh was like the 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 person that said oh this is legit this is legit this is the done this is no good this is this is the real mccoy you know and he was responsible for helping to build the railroads from all the way from the Pacific Ocean to Atlantic Ocean and all the parts and the oil and all that stuff. And he was the one where they checked with him because he, was, he started from when he was a kid, um, you know, building railroads and, and all that stuff to say this is legit or this is not legit. You know, there's a lot of things that people don't know about what we had to go through. Like we have our own Rosa Parks, you know, Viola Davis. You know, she's she, de- she decided that she was going to sit in the front row of the theater, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like anybody else, and rather than upstairs where the Black folks had to sit back in the day in, in Nova Scotia. And so she had to go through that whole nine of being arrested, put in jail, going to trial, and all that stuff. And now she's on the on the Canadian stamp, you know, because of her stance against, you know, human rights and, and, and civil rights, you know, and dignity and so forth. So there's so much things that we just all you have to do is google it all you have to do is take a class in it all you gotta do is be in a club at school with it and you'll find out all these things that black folks did as well because we've been our whole life has been finding out what the white folks have done you know they've done great things wonderful things but they're not the only people in the world you know what i'm saying and uh we've done some pretty good things as well
0: you mentioned earlier about allyship, and I think that concept has certainly been talked about over the last year, very important. And I think in Black History Month, you you know, you know sort of see sometimes the quote-unquote fake allies come out, because obviously it's a big month, and a lot of people are talking about it, but then past February, then silence. So I know I've asked you this before on previous podcasts, but I'll ask you again is, How do, because I think it's important for for black people and black voices in in sports and sports media to talk about successes of black people. But I also think that it's even more important that that white people do as well to to show allyship. So how is this concept of, of allyship achieved? Because it's not like a simple flip of the switch. Oh, I'm an ally. This is a 365 day process that 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 takes you know time to to develop and achieve
1: yeah I think that each ally has to be able to say I support and I'll continue to support mm. you know I understand where you're coming from i've I've seen the the you know it's pretty glaring that there's systemic racism there's injustice social injustice there's police brutality be real with oneself and say Based on what I see, I support you, you mm. know, and then you're part of a group, you're part of an advocacy, you're part of, you know, allowing the, 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 the change to start, and then you're continuing to do that as you go into it, uh, in terms of stepping up, like if you see someone say something or do something, you need to step up and say something and not just keep it behind, you know, on the closed doors and say, okay, it wasn't me, I didn't do anything, I, I, I'm a, I'm a supporter, I'm an ally, but to actually stand up for it because you know it's wrong. The same way if, if we saw something was wrong, we would say something or do something about it. It's the same thing. So it's it support and continued support.
0: So true. And I think that oftentimes that concept of vocals and verbal support sometimes it's easier said than done right like you could say you know you could say oh i'm going to verbally support you but then when someone launches a racist attack or or makes some you know off-color comment or or perpetuates the systemic racism problem people sometimes just shy away like oh i don't want to be involved in this I'm, i'm too uncomfortable it doesn't affect me so why am i going to be involved and I think that's where it needs to really change is that whether it's on a social media platform, whether that's in a, in a workplace setting, just being there for someone like, like you're there for your mom or dad or your brother or sister, because I think that shows that like, look, you're, you're really serious about being an ally. And I also think maybe Rowan, you can maybe speak on this as well, or just being willing to learn too. Cause I think, I know for me, I've had a lot of reflection as well over the the past year. And I think being willing to reach out and and be willing to to learn, I think is also an important step to achieving allyship.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think the way that you're supporting it now by having this uh, dialogue on your show about Black History Month and about Canadian Black History Month is very commendable because you're showing that you're supporting. So those using your platform and not being always entitled and and having that privilege all the time to say, hey, I'm good. I wanna help you as well. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna step up. I'm gonna be that person that made that change. And there's terrific people in America, in Canada, all over the world that have done that. And we need to look at those people and say, hey man, I need to have that bravery and that courage that that person had to go beyond myself, even though I can get scrutinized by certain areas, to step up and, and say, no, that's wrong. We need to bring a change, you know, and, and that's what he's done. Like we've seen that happen in America, right. With uh, Joe Biden, how he's had the, the most uh, diverse uh, cabinet in the history of politics and having a black uh, Indian, um, um, you know, vice president and all those things and and just changing the laws uh, according to that and bringing about that change. So someone that's having that 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 courage and that bravery to say enough is enough okay we got to change this this is not right you know it should be based on your qualifications and um and, and your heart and your your skill and so forth not the color of your skin
0: i want to shift the discussion maybe to canadian basketball and of course you spent you know many years involved in canadian basketball whether it's through grassroots elite and now uh, Crestwood and, and I'm just sort of curious Ro your perspective on how opportunities for black people in more executive positions coaching positions has changed and and, and maybe, oh. you know how 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 has it changed
1: <laughs> don't get me started but back in the day when I was a high school kid the, the national team was all white yeah you know the coaching staff was all white the the, all the way to the manager, to the, uh, the the trainer, everybody was white. There was no attempt to even look at that issue and say, "Wait a second, this this these are the best players that we can find. These are the best coaches we could find." And eventually, slowly but surely, a change happened. Now, when you do look at the national team, it's mostly black with some some sprinkle of white, and and now you know it's slowly you know, becoming more diversified. You know, they're they're not just looking at just my friend and my boy and the old uh, boys' clique. Now they're searching out and looking and giving people a chance to be considered both as players, as coaches, and, um, you know, from the staff perspective. So it's changed a lot. Uh, Rowan Barrett has a lot to do with it since he came on board, him and Steve Nash, uh, because Steve is a big He's one of the biggest uh, advocacies and, uh, uh, and, and allies there is right now. Like mm. if you look at Steve Nash's, um, um, you know, Instagram, uh, he has a, a, a photo of George Floyd on there. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that really stuck to him. That really struck him to the core, where he's not a, a afraid to stand up and say something about it. You know what I'm saying? Because he he played his whole career with. We're brothers, you know what I'm saying? So sure. he, he doesn't look at, uh, you know, um, color or anything or race. He just looks at uh, who's the best man. Let's catch this alley-oop. Let's catch this pass because I can deliver it, you know what I'm saying? So I commend him for his work and his mentality and, and everything in terms of how, how we, we're, we're doing to, to change all this. And uh, it's been a big, big difference from when it first started where everything was like, you know what I'm saying? Just this, this whitewash to now everything's diverse and given a chance for everybody. So it's been good in that way. Uh, we we should even uh, look back and have some some you know. Right now, Steve Nash is is like probably when you say Canadian basketball, you say Steve Nash. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's great, and that should always be there. But if I'm a young black man, black boy looking up, you know, and trying to get there, and hope and dream and pray. I gotta have some some role models and and some sports figures the same way America does with Michael Jordan and LeBron and 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 Larry Bird and all these people a uh, young boy black white whatever I gotta look up and say okay I wanna be like him but we don't even know what that person is in Canada like if you ask a kid nine out of nine out of the ten kids won't even know that Stuart Granger is the first black Canadian that got drafted in the nba yeah back in 83 84 you know a lot of people don't know that we should know who the first is the same way we talk about jackie robinson and hank aaron and all these got figures and everything who was the first we got to know who's the icon who's the person we look up to is it Andrew wiggins is it rj barrett is it you know is it jamal McGlure? is it you know whoever it is that we need to you know, look at some people as role models that say, one day I want to be like you, you know I'm saying, as well, because I can identify with you. Sure, Steve Nash is great, and he's a great ally, and he's a two-time NBA champion and all that great stuff, but you also need to know who the Black people were, like, in hockey. Willie Array, you know, first Black Canadian hockey player in the NHL, and you got to know all these things, whether it be – donovan bailey or even ben johnson you know like even though he's been you know said that he took steroids and everything he still you know at one point was the fastest man in the world so you got to acknowledge that i i'm not going to throw him to the side and say oh he's jamaican whatever he's still canadian you know i mean he's still you know won some things for canada so we got to do more research and more uh talk about who the canadians were who who you know, invented stuff. Who were the first? Who helped to bring about certain things that we hold dear now? Like, you know, so we just got, got to keep on talking. So it's a we got to utilize this month as much as possible.
0: Well, I think it speaks to the need for the leagues, the media companies as well through Black History Month to educate people. And, and I think you make the great point of, black people finding their sort of idol or role model in order to get inspired. I mean, and look, I don't think it necessarily needs to be, you know, they don't, you know, someone doesn't necessarily need to win multiple championships or MVPs to be that guy. They just need to be noticed. They they need their story told in order to, to be that guy. And I think it's up to the leagues, the, the media companies or, or the schools, the the advocacy groups, the grassroots elites of the world to be able to tell those stories. And I think just not in Black History Month, but make an effort for the whole year to make sure. For the whole that,
1: year, exactly. Yeah. That's the next, that's the next uh, focus is to start with, uh, you know, we started in January with Martin Luther King uh, weekend. And then in February, we went to the whole Black History Month and then. So for the rest of the year, let's talk about it because we talk about everything else. Like I I saw on Twitter, one guy was upset that there's a Black History Month. He's like, why do black people get their own month? I'm like, (laughs) can we have one month? Because before you, white folks had all 12. So can we get one to recognize what we've done? Like he doesn't even get it. The guy doesn't even get it. He he was, was wasn't because he's so privileged, it's so natural about it. Everything comes so naturally about everything else. And he doesn't get that. You know, everything else is, is already, white folks already get, you know, 12 months a year. So can we get one, you know, to identify celebrate, and celebrate and talk about, it? especially what we had to go through 500 years ago, you yeah. know, and what we had to do both in America and in Canada and, and how we fought through all that. And now we're moving ahead to make it a better place for everybody
0: you obviously coach basketball coach have coached a lot of different players some of the you know rising canadian stars but you also teach them to be you know better people and and teach them values and principles that they can take beyond the basketball court i'm just curious ro how you interweave black history month or you know not just in february but the whole year in terms of uh, the players that you coach and, and develop?
1: I, I'm always talking to them about this person had to go through all this to get where they got to. Look what they had to overcome. Look at all the racism they had to deal with in the South and, and um, in, in the Civil War and in slavery and all that stuff. And they were able to still The inventors and political politicians and all these great things. Uh, Look what you are in the day where you know we have civil rights, we have the human rights. You know that it's not as bad as it used to be. So you could do it. Let's 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 you be the first. You be that person that gets to that level. And I'm always inspiring them and motivating them using the past um, as as part of it. So um, you know it's about mentorship. It's about motivation and inspiration and uh you know you get them through it you know to when they have those tough days and and things are going tough for them say hey look what those people had to go through you know what i'm saying so um that's what i do all the time
0: how's the team doing these days i know it's difficult right now you know it's very
1: very difficult Yeah, yeah it's very difficult oh we can train we can practice we can scrimmage a little but with uh, the stay-at-home orders and the restrictions and all the color codes and everything with this pandemic, it, it's been very tough. We haven't been able to play the game. We're trying to go to the states. We can't go to the states. All these restrictions about going in, into these uh, hotels and paying over $2,000 to wait and all these crazy things, is it, 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 it's, it's essential for us. It's, it, 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 this should add, like, you know, scholarships as essential because some of our guys can't afford to pay all these exorbitant amount of money to go to canadian universities and american universities so they they need those scholarships and to get scholarships you need exposure you need competition you need film you need some kind of activity uh to keep them going and keep them mentally healthy. the mental health part is a huge part of it like, our guys are, are are in a tough spot right now because, you know, their whole life they've played, you know, and now they haven't played in a year and a half uh, or whatever it's been. So, it, it's tough, but you got to keep on going. Like, hey, we're planning ahead. We're moving forward. We're in the gym here. We're in the gym there. You know, it's going to get better and keep them sane. You know what I'm saying? saying and and yeah and help them to get to that place uh it, it makes my job harder because i'm on the phones every day talking to these coaches trying to convince them to take these kids without seeing them without coming up and seeing them play without seeing video of them all that stuff it's been hard it's been really hard but you know just like anything else we'll get through it you know we have yeah. no choice but to get through it
0: absolutely and look i mean you know physical aspect is one thing learning about the the physical side of basketball but but the mental side is so important too and i think if you could get through this i mean i think you could get through anything right anything, anything. <laughs> had to get
1: through the flu influenza we had to get to the black plague we had to get to all the different things over the history of time so this is another thing that we got to you know i i, I get to and cope with and adjust and and live with so it is what it is we have to accept it and it, it's a new norm
0: i want to enroll with just looking ahead i mean past february and, and obviously it'll be you know in, in a few months the one year anniversary since george floyd's murder and, and all the 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 anti-black racism protests that that, that resulted and I'm just curious, Ro, from you, I mean, you know, you're very involved, you know, here in Canada with Canadian basketball and in high school basketball. What sort of one or two things that you'd like to see just keep going um, in terms of ensuring that that the values and the principles and the knowledge of Black History Month continue going forward uh, beyond the month of February?
1: I think the biggest thing that needs to happen is from the top.
0: Yeah.
1: Before the uh, politicians were saying that there isn't a systemic racism in Canada. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Which is crazy. And and also from the police aspect, there needs to be a a, a change and, and some 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 changes of heart in regards to police brutality. I think those are the two biggest things because it, it irks me when I see the videos of yeah. how they act towards black folks that are, have their hands up that have no weapons, you know, that are, are fighting for their rights. People are saying, hey, I don't have to give you my ID. Then they shoot them because yeah. they're resisting arrest. And, you know, in in the schools and in the workplace and all over, the systemic racism that happens. So, um, you know, those walls need to come down. Once those walls come down, then we can rise up. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it's a matter of time. It's slowly but surely. And we have to have hope. And, we have to work together and it's great to have allies such as yourself and other people, Steve Nash and other people that see it and wanna help bring a change and they're gonna say something about it, you know, even with the consequences that come with it. Uh, so uh, those are the two things I, I come to mind off the bat that I like to see changes for systemic racism and police brutality. Cause it's uh it's really it's 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 holding the black folks down mm. you know and we we're just tired of always fighting all the time we need some breaks we need some relief we need some time to give us a chance as well
0: well it's a burden it feels like a, you know a 365 day burden just to be black which it shouldn't be right like you yeah. know it isn't for the case for for white people i mean we don't have that burden every day when, when we go out in the into the community or into stores and whatnot. But like for it to be a black person, it, for some, it can feel like a crime just because of the color of their skin. And that's terrible.
1: Absolutely. I, I go into a store to buy something and immediately they either send someone to follow me or someone yeah. over to see if I'm taking anything. You know, yeah. I like, I got money too. I got, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a good person too. I just want to mm-hmm. do the right thing. So, you know why? Just because I'm black. Yeah, it's not because uh, I've passed history or my pictures up on the wall, or they know who I am. I, that's different. But just because I'm black, it, it shouldn't mean that I'm something different. You know, I'm yeah. I'm human as well. You know, we're human as well, and so that's how it should be in all aspects of life.
0: You mentioned how you know younger Black people now are trying to find their role model. I'm curious for my for my last question: Who who was your role model growing up? I mean, who was someone that you like looked up to in the Black community that inspired you or, or mentored you? And 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 I'll use the uh, you know this platform right now for you to just talk about that.
1: Um, I have a bunch of them. Uh, Paul Jones, he was one of my first mentors when I started this basketball journey, yeah. and he was a principal at Arlington High Sc- uh, Middle School. Uh, Dor- Dorn Major played with the Argonauts. He's from America, and he saw something special in me, and he always had was there to lend an ear and talk about things and give advice. Um, David Joseph, uh, Corey and um, DeVoe Joseph's parents, uh, father, um, he was a mentor of mine as well. And um, you know um, there's been a lot of guys that have been mentors of mine uh, Patrick Shaw, a community guy that's always been like a staunch community person uh, and then overall you know the, the Lord Jesus Christ you know he, you know he you know he lived in in the Middle East you know the pictures we see of Jesus the blue eyes, the blonde hair isn't isn't true you know what I'm saying. Jesus Christ was 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 dark-skinned, <laughs> yep. and my mom, my mom, my older sister, you know, they've been great um, uh, mentors of me as well. So uh, you know, it's been some people don't have uh, those those that black role models in their life to look up to to you know, inspire them. I've had a lot, you know, uh, both personally and locally, and then. Overall, whether it be LeBron, whether it be Michael Jordan, would be M. L. K., Malcolm X, uh, 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 Marcus Garvey, all these guys that you look up to and see, hey, if they can do it, I can do it. You know, they were they were handed some hard hard things they yeah. had to overcome and they overcame it. So I have to do the same thing and, and not just be another number. I want people to be remember Roe Russell. He tried his best to bring about change and to help people and, and and not to just give up and say, oh, woe is me. You know, it is what it is. It happened. Now let's try to bring some change and it's helped people along the way. So um, I've been fortunate and blessed by God to have those role models in my life that have helped to shape who I am, that uh, people kind of know who I am and and I've helped a lot
0: of people. So that's that's a good thing. Amen to that. Ro Russell, he is the founder of Grassroots Elite. He's the head basketball coach at Crestwood Prep. He's been on this show many times, but always, you know, such a fascinating conversation. And Ro, I really appreciate you coming on the we Sports Chronicles podcast during Black History Month to advance this dialogue. I'm really grateful for, for the conversation.
1: Definitely. And I also want to give shout-outs to – Crestwood Prep, who has become an ally as well. Mm. They, they're, they're looking to have a, a curriculum, black history uh, curriculum. They're doing a black history uh, programming. They've had a lot of things in the school. They've become a, a really good ally for, you know, this change, you know, for social injustice and all these things and diversity. So I want to give a shout out to uh, Crestwood Prep for that and their leadership.
0: Thanks, and and we'll chat again with you soon.
1: Okay, no problem. Thanks for having me on, and we'll talk soon.